Welcome to the Uncomfortable Conversations podcast, the untold stories of the 3HO Kundalini Yoga community. I'm your host, Guru Nishan, and I was born and raised in this community. Our community matters. The people of our community matter to me. And so I started this podcast with several intentions in mind, which I read at the beginning of every episode. I want to invite listeners to donate to this podcast at gurunishan.com slash uncomfortable conversations to support this work and the stories being told. My intentions for beginning this podcast is number one, to break the veil of silence that is long permeated and continues to strangle the 3HO Kundalini Yoga community in the name of neutrality. Number two, to validate and help clarify the complex feelings of those who have joined this lifestyle, were born and raised into it, and or who have practiced or taught kundalini yoga. Number three, to encourage active listening to uncomfortable conversations from our community as a revolutionary act of self and collective healing. Number four, to let survivors know that we see them, we believe them, we love them, and we will fight for their truth to be addressed. Number five, to let teachers who are denying, gaslighting, or spiritually bypassing know that what they are doing is willfully ignorant and re-traumatizing victims. Number six, to illuminate the inherent racism, homophobia, cultural misappropriation and exploitation that perpetuates the teachings, 3HO lifestyle, and overall community ethos. Number seven, to stop the perpetuation of gaslighting and victim shaming by naming it for what it is. Number eight, to dismantle internalized shame, guilt, toxic positivity, and lightwashing mentality. Number nine, to honor all of the parts of ourselves that have been forgotten or silenced. Number 10, to honor each body that has come through our community, both named and unnamed. Number 11, to encourage people to do their own research, process their own emotions, get somatic therapy and other therapy and support as needed, to draw your own conclusions, and to be critical thinkers rather than to just blindly follow anyone. Please remember that your story matters. Please share it when you're ready. We're here to listen and to support you. I wanna to welcome today's guest, Guru Nam Atwal. She was born and raised in 3HO in Eugene, Oregon in 1989. Her parents are Sirabjit Singh Atwal, a Punjabi Sikh who was raised on a farm in the Punjab. And her mother, Simrit Khalsa, who joined 3HO in her early 20s uh, taking kundalini yoga classes in Seattle. 
Gurunam and her brother Hargobin Atwal both attended Midipiti Academy for several years. During summer breaks, she worked at the 3HO-owned Golden Temple Enterprises as a temp worker. After graduating MPA, she attended the University of Oregon in International Studies with a focus on peace and conflict resolution. She did modeling for Kundalini Research Institute at the time as well, so you may recognize her from some Kundalini yoga manuals. In 2018, she became a flight attendant for Alaska Airlines and currently lives in Alaska. I want to welcome Guru Nam here on our podcast, Uncomfortable Conversations today. Thank you for being here. Yeah, thank you for having me. Thank you for having this platform. It's been um, really great. It's been really great for me in my own healing to be able to listen mm. to some of the other conversations. Yeah, hearing other people's stories, how how much how it helps reflect on your own support on your own story. Yeah, absolutely. Like hearing other people talk and and recognizing that I can relate. And, um, and also just, I think it's very healing for truth to be spoken, um, because there's, there's so much like just detriment that comes from not speaking truth. Um, yeah, truth, <laughs> that's a truth. It, it, how it whole how the body holds untruth and on top of that, within a community that's saying it stands for truth. Yeah. Yeah. So that that is really ironic and hypocritical. And um, I'm still processing a lot of anger around that, around like growing up in a community that was perpetuating that kind of dynamic. Mm. Um, and as a kid... It was very confusing to have adults say, oh, we stand for all these things. And then, I mean, as a kid, you're very in, just naturally intuitive as a child. You know, you can just tell what's true and not true. And you're having an adult tell you, oh, what you're feeling is not true. Actually, this other thing is true. And so you're learning how to deny your own truth as a child. So I, that's something I know I recognize that I learned at an early age, I recognized how to deny my own sensations, my own emotions that were true to me, but to deny them. I learned to deny them and disassociate yes. from them. <clears throat> I so relate. So there's some, that's something I'm healing and working on. Mm. That, that it's, it's super relevant because there's so many levels and layers of it, but the one you're bringing up specifically is I'm feeling like this and the adults in your atmosphere are saying, no, no, that's not what you're feeling and giving you a, a different way that you're supposed to relate to something, which then automatically changes how you relate to yourself or you just escape your body and say, okay, then what I think I'm feeling isn't what I'm feeling. Let me go ahead and check out. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Or recognizing or calling something out like, oh, why, why do we do this? And then da, da, da. like, why do we say that we, you know, believe that um, in Seva, but we're not like doing any outreach in the community. We're not like helping others. We're just staying within our own little bubble. And I don't ever see, you know, mm, mm. like us interacting with other people and um, 
let's pause yeah. because you're bringing up some points, but I also want to contact mm-hmm. for listeners to understand yeah. how you have these lenses on things. Um, let's start with why is it important for you right now to share your story? What's what's <clears throat> you here? Um, yes, well, hmm. I think telling our stories is important. I think speaking the truth is very important. Um, I believe that um, it will also be healing for me to be able to speak out because I have felt um, unheard and like I had to hide my authenticity. Mm-hmm. Um, it felt unsafe, actually. Like I felt like I was going to be like rejected from the community, which felt like a survival mm. level. Mm. Like, but but it's feeling safe enough to speak. Um, have you found yeah, it's feeling more now that it's felt safe enough to speak out? Or have you saying before now, before this year of the kind of like break open of our community, is this kind of the first time that you're feeling safe to speak out or have you done it in kind of different stages in different ways? <sighs> um, um, yeah, just, it's, it's nice to have a platform. Um, and I feel like safe in this space with you that I'm not going to be judged. Cause I think that, thank you yeah it's been it's been really hard also I'm in my own like internal process it's been hard for me even to validate myself my own feelings like because of all of the the conditioning that I had in the programming so like I'm finally it's just kind of a perfect combination of like me finally being in a space where I love myself enough and I'm validating myself enough Mm. um to be able to like feel comfortable to talk openly um and feel authentic in that and not because I could also kind of feel like oh I'm not really being authentic but I'd like don't know how to um and then that plus like having the platform and having the safe space to do so and I mean if this is a nice space because like you obviously understand intimately um you know, this community and whereas like speaking with someone who doesn't have any context or like um, understanding, it can be hard because I can feel like shame for my feelings, like explaining, oh yeah, it was really hard for me to um, start wearing makeup or to like cut my hair. Like that feels stupid to say to somebody who's just like, didn't grow up in this community. Does that make sense? Yeah, the brevity of those choices and like what it means in the sense of our identity, (sighs) all of the feelings associated. Like, I mean, how old, just to go there right now, when did you cut your hair? When did you start exploring yourself in these capacities just to (laughs) give the listener context of your process in the years? Yeah, so... Yeah. I mean, so I would say I grew up like very 
you could say orthodox um like sikh but i mean american sikh um so up until basically he was a part of 3ho yeah so you're both your dad and your mom were very much in the 3ho community so to speak yeah yeah so um I mean, my dad's very much Punjabi, but he would come to Gurdwara and um, be involved in all that. And um, they more, and my mom like got attracted to 3HO more for the Sikhism side, she said. Okay. Um, that was wrong. I wrote that wrong in your bio that it wasn't. I, I sent it wrong too. So. Okay. So, um, okay. I need you to pause and we need to give the listeners more context. So when you're born, your parents are already married. He's Punjabi and he's, he goes to Gurdwara, but he's going to the three HO Gurdwara is like, people don't necessarily understand that, that they're not in our community. So just give us a context, (laughs) what you're born into. Yeah. Um, so Eugene, Oregon, there's like this little three HO community um american sikhs um so my mom is a white sikh and then my father is punjabi from india Uh, my uncle on my dad's side was like friends with yogi bhajan back in india okay and so that's how yogi bhajan met my dad um and then my mom had expressed to yogi bhajan that she wanted to get married and he didn't like go and just arrange her quickly, which he did with a lot of people. Um, it took a little while. And, uh, but yeah, he arranged her with my dad, um, who was still in India at the time. Like she didn't know anything about him. They didn't even tell her like if he spoke English or like what his education was or whatever, but she was very open because um, she came from a pretty difficult uh, childhood. So she's really open to this is my impression that she's like really open to, you know, having a change, a positive change in her life. And um, yeah, so they started writing letters and eventually they, that's like a whole story in itself, the way that they got together. But um, uh, yeah, so <clears throat> mm, I don't know. It's like so much. I'm not really sure how to like what to include but um uh yeah I was raised in this just Americanized version of Sikhism um and but still my father's Punjabi so I had that um I kind of had like a foot in two different worlds because like in the summers multiple times during the year I'd go up to Vancouver Canada where um all my Punjabi cousins are and uncles and aunts um, well, I still have one aunt who lives in India, but uh, yeah, I'd hang out with them and that's like a totally different culture. Um, the Punjabi Sikh culture is different. Like there's different ways that they practice Sikhism. There's, um, yeah, and kind of just like a different, like, um, yeah, so there's some different things that feel different. So, uh, being in both those worlds, did you automatically know cultural appropriation <clears throat> happening or was it more rationalized in ways that made 3HO better? Like how, how, what was the experience 
growing up and what's your impression of it now? Like, give us a lens of that. Yeah, it was kind of, it was confusing. Um, I, I mean, I definitely didn't say as a kid, like, oh, this is cultural appropriation. You know, it was just kind of, it was normalized. Like there was just a lot of things that were not cool that were normalized. And now that I'm looking at it, I'm like, oh, that's weird kind of for people to be doing these things and not fully understand what they are. Um, what I wanted the, to pause and say on that is, you know, I had just zero real connection to Sikhi or Sikhism from a very young age, but I remember distinctly thinking and feeling like there's, there's such a, um, when, 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 the pride we were getting instilled with for like this, that we're doing it better. Like I remember distinctly hearing that in terms of why we had Khalsa and Indians didn't have Khalsa. And like the indoctrination I remember around that was something around the caste system and you know, that's, you know, this whole thing of like, oh, that's what Indians do. But that's we, you know, the knowledge we're getting was pre the caste system and like just all this stuff. And I was remember when I was dissecting some of this out of my own consciousness, like, where did this stuff come from? This is totally just made up garbage. And I never fully got the full context until 2020 in terms of how absolutely violating it is to Sikhi and to Punjabi culture, or to Indian culture. I just never really understood. Yeah. Um, I mean, you just hit the nail on the head, honestly. Uh, it's only one thing. I think so many other things. That was just the Khalsa part. There were so many other things of wh why I felt like we had gotten taught to be superior to Indian Sikhs. We're vegetarian, all these other. Yeah. Things. Yeah. So I guess it's it's I, I'm just like. It was confusing. It was really freaking confusing can i cuss on this thing um <clears throat> yeah it was fucking confusing because uh i mean like just fast forward a little bit to when i was at mpa like the kids were talking about the indians you know the indians this the indians are dirty like ew blah. that kind of like energy about it um i just want to say also i think because of just some of the like trauma that I've gone through, I don't always like remember things totally clearly. So I'm just talking more about like the feelings that I had and the energy that things had. That's how I'm able to like speak about things. Um, and I wanna just pause and say that's extremely valid that our body memories are memory. <laughs> and they're actually more important yeah. in a way than <clears throat> cognitive memories. So just wanna okay. validate you on yeah. that. So when I'm speaking, it's like these, this is like what my body and what my, like my experience is not like I necessarily maybe heard those exact words come out of somebody's mouth, but um, that's like the vibe that it was. And so then in my head, I'm confused because I'm like, well, I'm half Punjabi. Wait, I don't really get it because mm. like, aren't the Punjabi Sikhs the ones that like, isn't, isn't, didn't Sikhism come from India? Shouldn't you actually be like, like honoring and respecting more the Indian Sikhs like aren't they the ones that you know have held this knowledge yeah. and like they're the reason why you're even able to do this so I'm really confused as to why you're like putting them down and and thinking that you're better wait but and so like I'm 
partially part of that but also because that's how I'm growing up but also like I'm Punjabi Sikh so how yeah it was it was just challenging like I don't know I just kind of was like the infusion of white superiority and spiritual superiority in the ethos of our upbringing I felt was quite astounding yeah I mean so I recognize that for many many years I legitimately felt like I was better than other people um like like in middle school um or no I think it was uh it was high school so I went to MPA for eighth grade and then um my parents didn't want to send me back because it was kind of expensive and um, they said they missed me. And um, so I stayed back for ninth grade, but I wore a turban and I like, cause I had all, I had gotten all into that stuff. It felt like, okay, this is, this is like the epitome of what you do if you want to be accepted in this community. And like, I want to be liked and I want to be accepted and I want to be loved And it just felt like growing up, okay, this is like what you need to do in order to be loved. That's here it is. Here's the box. Like, here's the box that you need to exist in if you want to be accepted and you want to be loved. Here it is. So I'm like, okay, cool. Like, I want that. Um, Yeah. I mean, and also like, there's cool things about it too. So I was attracted also. I wanted to be like with my friends and um, you wanted to be in India was that it was a part of the cultural experience. It made more sense to be a part with everybody, with people versus like going to school and we're so different than everybody else, that kind of thing. There's just so, there's just so much. It's hard to like fit it all in. Um, But, but yeah, also being half Punjabi, I wanted to understand more, and feel more connected to my Punjabi roots. Um, learn more about meditation. I mean, I do think on a certain level, there was there was a part of me that like, like well, I wanted more out of life. You know, I wanted to, um, it felt <laughs> like Harry Potter came out around the same time. And I, I literally felt like, okay, I'm going to Hogwarts. Like this is magic. Like meditation is magic. Because there was all these meditations to, you know, like um, manifest this or like, you know, for these very specific things. And it and <clears throat> that was real. Like that was what was real to me at the time. So, okay. Like I want to learn this, this like magical, special knowledge so I can continue to like be, be like the special person um, I'm supposed to help help people the human like, this is my mission of all humanity yeah i'm supposed to save the world like i literally felt the weight of the world on my shoulders yeah and and yeah so yeah. but i want to tie back to like when i was at um in ninth grade i got like interviewed for the school paper And I just remember that I said, oh, well, I'm different than everybody else because I meditate every day. And I like think about how I can be, um, how I can help other people and how I can like be a better person every day. So like, that's how I'm like different and how I'm like better. Mm. 
and just looking back that's so freaking oh yeah let's pause like this is um this ties back to yeah this spiritual superiority the the white superiority kind of this it's all tied in there in this we have this special knowledge that the world doesn't have and it's your responsibility to carry that on and as children born into a high demand group we literally got that level of training and it's so within the fibers of our existence that it was the only acceptable place to 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 live as you're talking about that little box yeah i know and that's some that brings up some yeah go ahead no go ahead so the idea that somehow the knowledge that we have is better it's better it's the best it's better than everything else that's out there so why would you even go and and explore anything else like oh my gosh why would you ever want to go like explore this this like dance or this this um, other singing practice or this other kind of music or like this other art form. Why would you ever think, why would you ever want to do another kind of yoga or like another kind of meditation? That's just ridiculous because we have the best. So, so like, even if you, if you want to go, like, even if you're talking about it, or if you're like thinking about it, there's something wrong with you because obviously you don't see what we have, what you have already. Like you have, <laughs> so I felt very isolated mm. and confined. And I also want to acknowledge, like, this is my own, I mean, not everybody had this experience, but this is like the programming that I got based on the unique combination of all the factors that went into creating my life. Right. Your life um, That's all you can share is your experience. So yeah. Keep it going. Yeah, so, um, like, it was, it was this program in my head that didn't allow me space to explore. Like, I felt trapped within myself. I felt within a prison. I remember vividly, like, having that experience. I mean, I just, I was not, it was so fucking ironic because I was not awake to my own life. I was not living my own life. I was not, um, I was not free. But you mean I it's not, ironic like, that you think you have the ant, that you're better than everyone, but you're actually trapped in yourself. Is that what you're saying is ironic? Yes. 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 <laughs> what is also yes. ironic is that this is called the yoga of awareness and yet yes everybody is unaware of what's happening in plain sight and in their own bodies including myself yes. because yes. it's the yoga of awareness and yet i'm actually 100 percent disassociated from my body since i was a child yes 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 that's a hard <laughs> to swallow. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> this is where we throw up for a little while, ladies and gentlemen. Ew! <laughs> Ew! So bad! <laughs> oh, I love this. I can't do it anymore. Like, no, 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 no. Like, I'm so glad that ugh, it's just, it sucks that it took me this fucking long to like feel free within myself. I finally do. I really do. I'm so stoked and happy with where I am right now. And like, because. I mean, when I came back from MPA, like I did start branching out and exploring and like doing other things. What year was that when you came back from MPA? Um, 2008, I graduated. Okay. Graduated, you start exploring, keep going. Yeah, I started like, you know, partying, drinking, but I would wear a turban to class okay. in college and then I would take it off and I would go party and I would feel like so guilty when I went to Goodwar, like, oh my God, they can tell, they can read my energy and they can tell that I was drinking last night. Oh my God. And like, oh my God, I had sex like that. They can tell. Like, I'm a bad person. Um, wow. Yeah, it was horrible. Like in my head, I had so much paranoia. Like mm. I thought people could read my auras mm. and tell. Mm. Which maybe they fucking can. But you know what? That's like also an invasion, an energetic invasion. Like there was just so many boundaries crossed. Right. So many boundaries crossed. Like it was. <sighs> we also grew so, energetic invasion normalized. Yes. That, that got very yeah. normalized because of the growing up environment. And we, we got taught yeah. that was okay, that we didn't have agency over our own bodies. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I wanted to just mention, though, like, um, the shame. Mm -hmm. So, uh, like, I was exploring, you know, because I like, and I'm glad, I'm glad that I was giving myself space to explore other things and um but I had so much shame about it like here's the box that I was living in la 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 like everything's great you know um but then I started like like I'm branching out reaching out outside like oh what's it gonna feel like if I try this or if I try this and do this and then but then I would feel shame about doing that about the exploration mm. it wasn't i wasn't able to be like a free just normal young adult person you know oh like yeah i'm in college and i'm like and finding myself and exploring things i felt so bad about exploring i felt like i was like wrong and bad and i was doing a bad thing and i like felt like i was a horrible person like I'm not living my mission. I'm I'm like down. I'm down in the dumps. I'm I'm just you know. Mm. I'm meant to, I'm meant to be the future leader and teacher of the Aquarian Age. And look what I'm doing. I'm at a party. Oh my god! So this the is worst thing ever. This is your inner narrative. I mean, I'm like I'm like kind of dramatizing it. Yes, but yes, it was it was. Uh, I just felt like a lot of, um, yeah, self shame and, and guilt 
like the shaming and the guilt tripping had been internalized. And so I was not, I was not free within myself to like, and then also I think it got to the point where, um, <clears throat> I'm not really sure. I mean, I, w- I really wanted to break free, okay, but like, I didn't know how. And I felt like I didn't have any support. And I also felt like I couldn't talk to anybody about it because if I talked to my parents or if I talked to anybody else, like, like any of my mentors, which they were all really in the like three HO community, like uncles, aunts, they would try to counsel me Mm -hmm. about like, oh, okay, well, you know, you just like, so that makes it was all back to, you know, the spiritual like bypassing and like religious language it was you know there was no there was no like validation Mm. of of my process and my desire like maybe this isn't actually what I want like maybe this isn't actually right for me right there was no space to even consider that and you didn't have anybody to talk to to be able to see that there might be options for yourself and your identity yeah I didn't feel like that so it just I felt like very alone I felt very isolated and very depressed Mm. Um, and a lot of shame, mm. like ashamed. So, so all of this, I mean, was happening and I just, I got, had really low self-esteem, like, yeah, which was confusing because I also felt like, oh, well, I have everything going for me in life. Like, why do I feel so shitty? And you're um, wearing a turban still publicly and you're still kind of like mm-hmm. awkwardly dressed, right? Well, it got like smaller and smaller, slowly, slowly during the four years. So finally I was like, just wearing a head cover. That was a whole thing in itself. I had so much anxiety around that whole process. Only wearing a head cover, like so much anxiety. Okay. Tell us, tell us. I mean, yeah. And this is one of the things where it feels stupid to say this to somebody who like doesn't understand the 3HO community or to somebody who's like still indoctrinated into it, you know, that, okay. I recognize at a certain point, I'm just doing this because I'm afraid of somebody seeing me and seeing that I'm like doing something different. Yeah. And they're going to judge me. And then maybe like, I'm going to not be accepted or they're going to like, yeah, they're going to judge me. That felt like life or death or something. Uh, This is so... In all fair... Yeah, so I had so... In all fairness to everyone listening and to ourselves, it is like life or death in growing up when you've witnessed people you love be ostracized and be kicked out and be publicly shamed and humiliated in front of us. Over time, we learn that it is like death because belonging matters and we don't want to be ostracized from the people we love. yeah I mean so like I get it so that's another thing is I get it I don't I'm able to you know like understand how that happened and why I had these like emotional experiences um I don't think it's okay but I understand why it happened um but it really it really sucks like um 
yeah, I just for most of my life, I really felt like I was not able, I was not loved for who I was. I was like, it's like, you have to be this person in order to be accepted, in order to be loved. And um, so like, I didn't know who I was. Like, I remember vividly, I wanted to be an actor. And at, somewhere in my uh, preteens, I, I decided, oh, well, I can't be an actor because I can never cut my hair. And like, when you're an actor, they need to, you know, cut your hair and like change your appearance to fit with the character. So I felt like this was, I think I was 12 or something. So I thought, oh, okay, well, cause I grew up doing a lot of musical theater and like plays and stuff when I was young. And then it just felt like at a certain point, okay, well, I'm not getting as much support. It didn't feel like my parents were supporting me as much. Like, okay, now it's time to kind of go focus on like a real thing. Um, real career so so yeah after um yeah you after were, college I you were talking about the transition wearing the scarf towards the end of your college yeah um I didn't feel excited about pursuing a career in what I had got a degree in um, my plan had been to go work as like a diplomat or work for the UN or something, um, which I mean, I'm still interested in like peace studies and conflict resolution and, um, and I am doing some of that work in a nonprofit, um, it's called Interfaith Prayer Service International. It's, um, they hold monthly interfaith services. They've been doing it since, um, a month after 9-11 actually in person in Eugene, Oregon. Uh, so I was on the board for that as um, a secretary for like for a few years. Um, that was in college and I'm working with them again. Um, but uh, <clears throat> sorry, I lost my train of thought. Okay, so I want to kind of sum up what I've heard. So we kind of have a sense of like what what they're where the confusion in and then into the exploration stage you grew up in a very 3ho community which is eugene oregon because golden and temple enterprises and other 3ho businesses were very much located there and you had the punjabi side you also had the american side but very much in 3ho and there was like a of an enjoyment of it like you enjoyed it and yet it was also confusing within it because you could see the dichotomy and you went to school in India, but you also had that one year where you went to local high school. And that's the time you were describing the real awareness of like, oh, I'm better because and here you are amongst everybody. So the, this real recognition of like, I'm on a righteous path. My life is devoted to this, all the things you go to school, finish at MPA. And from my understanding during those years at MPA, there's an emphasis on on discipline and yoga and meditation and like a lot of the students are coming out like really devoted to the path and Yogi Bhajan's teachings. I even had heard that there was um, Kundalini teacher training as a part of the graduation, which kind of is facilitating yeah. into the yogic path of bringing these teachings to the world. And this yeah. is an important part to note because it's a part of a what MPA is standing for in terms of bringing these teachings forward, but it's also what KRI is go doing and how it's all intermelded. 
and how Sikh Dharma is all in everything so melded. And what I hear you saying is that you started branching out here. You're going to University of Oregon. You're started stretching, but you start having the awareness of how mixed up inside, like, who am I without this? And the only reason I'm doing these outward things is because I don't want to lose out on the people I love around me. Like, I want to be loved. I want to be accepted. I want to feel like I belong. Yeah. And this is also all I've ever known. Yeah. I don't know. Like, yeah. And this is, this is the best way. Like, why would I ever, why would I ever do anything else? So it just felt, I felt so much shame for exploring anything else. Yeah. And anything that just wasn't like basically um, endorsed by 3HO it was like why would you ever do that like why would you ever you know take like like um you know yeah so I, I didn't feel like free to really truly explore and I don't know I feel kind of stupid saying that too because I know like not everybody had that there's some people that were in 3HO that like were able to do that and are didn't feel so confined internally but like I really had a very strong experience of feeling like confined and trapped within myself um I want to pause and just say you know what we're learning about high demand groups and growing up in a cult and the level of abuse that we're now seeing within our organization as true that has existed for so long we cannot not have a feeling of of identity with trappedness attached to it because of the amount of shame that we grew up with everyone whether the whether we're recognizing it as shame is another story but it's a result of us growing up in this community <clears throat> what i i don't know what i want to know real quick just to give us context is so you started exploring during this time of the college years and then but many years later and then it was 2020 when all this came out it sounds like you were already having identity exploration yeah while oh yeah all this happened. oh yeah okay. yeah yeah and i like um i was living with my parents for the first year of college um that was not a not a good experience because like <laughs> my um uh, you know, they could tell that like I was exploring and it was hard for them because they're like, well, we spent so much money sending you to India. Like you're supposed to be living this, um, you know, lifestyle. And what are you doing? It kind of felt like, mm. like, what are you doing? You're like straying from your, your mission, your path, your, yeah. your destiny. destiny. Like you're, you're like, um, yeah, you're you're ruining your life. You're you're you've gone to the dark side. Um, yeah. I want to point out how I just really love how you get loud and expressive because it's like a part of breaking out of indoctrination. Like that's what I feel with you. Like oh, like this is yeah. Yeah, this is me. Like, I am a really, I'm a pretty, like, wacky, like, expressive person. I'm just, like, a theatrical kind of, like, energetic person naturally. And so, yeah, I mean, that was also hard. I got, you know, made fun of a lot. 
a lot just for being kind of kind of like spacey or like goofy um so that was also hard that was like a thing that happened at mpa like in neutral tone is that what you mean hmm? not being in neutral tone is that what you mean um i mean just being kind of like goofy and silly and um so you got bullied is this is what you mean like you get bullied for that expression of your personality i think so but again like it's kind of it's hard to like remember and remember specifics it's just kind of a feeling yeah and what i'm also hearing is like when we're not when it's normal, like gas, when gaslighting is normal, we actually don't know how to know that it's not. You know? That makes sense. So it's happening all around us. And so therefore we start to actually, I think when gaslighting happens so much, we out <clears throat> and invalidate ourselves. The voice of the tyrant becomes our own inner voice. Oh, that was completely my experience. So that's why, I mean, I really love and honor myself so much now. Thank God. Like, I'm alive because I love myself. Like, but there was many years where I wasn't. I didn't love myself because I, I, had, I had that, like, internalized programming of this is how you need to be. But then there was like a stronger part of me, my true authentic self that was trying to break free from that like confinement because I could never really truly be myself to stay in that. Yeah. And so my true self was trying to break free. But then there was the programming the, the like, like that was just all intertwined in my being, like uh, in my spirit, in like all layers of me. Yeah. Um that was like, no, you can't break free. This is who you are. Like if you break free, then, or if you try to explore or like do something else, then, then there's something you're wrong. You're bad. Like something's wrong with you. You're not living your destiny. Like all of these, I have just so much. It's like the voice of the combination of my parents, the community, Yogi Bhajan, like mm. my peers just in my head. Yeah. Um, and I still battle with it today at times but but basically just most of my 20s was like an internal battle a lot of depression a lot of anxiety um and shame on top of that because oh well i grew up i'm a yogi like i'm not supposed to be depressed i'm not supposed to be anxious there's a fucking meditation for that i'm obviously not doing my sadhana because i'm depressed and i'm anxious so like I just felt like I, I can't win. Like I, I, like I'm damned if I do, I'm damned if I don't. Mm. Um, mm. Yeah. So, so like I, um, I feel like it's like relevant to mention that I did end up in a like really unhealthy relationship after college. Um, and I feel like I was kind of primed to end up in that because of all this like conditioning. And so the space that I was in, I was like smack in the middle of my process, but I was kind of unconscious about it. I didn't really know 
that like this is what I was doing. I'm able to speak about it now because I I'm finally in a place where I love myself enough. Mm. And I like I I've been able to like release and let go enough of the shame to be able to talk about it and not feel like still, you know, I'm doing something wrong and bad by like being myself. Oh my god. Um right. Feeling an emotion. Yeah, and I have enough god. feeling your anger. Oh my God. Yes. 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 Calling out the hypocrisy. Like I finally have enough people in my life who love me for who I am. And that's been really big too. Like, um, yeah. So, uh, just, I was like super, um, yeah, just super insecure and, and, trying to find myself but like not knowing that even that was okay and just yeah so I ended up in this like just really toxic relationship for two years and um that was my like big kind of wake up um because it just got I it's just really ironic actually it's I mean I I'm able to see how it served me. Um, but it like really, uh, a lot of the internal language that it, it brought it out to the outside because he would like say things to me that I had been thinking about myself. Mm. Um, and I felt trapped in the relationship. Like I felt very controlled and very trapped, mm. but also there was like a familiarity with that. Isn't that um, that you're feeling familiar? Like, wow, this is like from my upbringing or this is so familiar from somewhere. But I mean, I didn't think that, I didn't realize that at the time. Mm -hmm. um, but like there were things that that happened in the relationship that were not OK. But I like stayed in the relationship mm. because. Somehow I like. Convinced myself that it was like, OK, and I wasn't I wasn't being honest yeah i got really isolated in that um i mean it was definitely like very unhealthy uh and uh <clears throat> i don't know it's i There was also a lot of shame that I felt about the fact that I was in it because I'm like, oh, someone like me, like, shouldn't be in something like this. How could I allow myself to end up in this place? Like that was that that was rock bottom for me. Um, but also in my rock bottom, I was still putting myself down. Like, you shouldn't be here. Like, you shouldn't be like down here because you grew up like with all of this technology with all of this like all these blessings like yeah. you come from this lineage like you shouldn't be here and I kind of also got that like unfortunately I got that energy from my family so like I didn't feel supported like, I just felt so alone mm. 
it was just um yeah and everybody could see from the outside he's not good for you you should leave him but uh I had such low self-esteem that I like yeah I was convinced at the time that uh like I I wouldn't be able to find something else because I just yeah I had so much shame mm. like oh I've already I've 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 like tainted myself mm. like I can't go back I've already gone too far no they're not gonna mm. like it was kind of yeah the guilt tripping the internal guilt tripping was like really really bad like I was punishing myself. Um, yeah, so I just felt like um, in a very bad place. Um, so what I hear you you doing now is being able to reflect on your upbringing having primed you for that relationship kind of to be in such a low place within self but at the time you didn't necessarily make that connection your the lifestyle was still this place of like elevated truth or were you breaking out of that already by this time I mean I was definitely breaking out it just felt like I know you were breaking out in practices. Um, all right. What I'm distinguishing is that I know you were exploring and, and kind of branching out in terms of whether it was drinking or cutting your hair or just living other lifestyle. But what I know is that the, the internal indoctrination doesn't go away even if we're doing external changes and I'm, you're talking about that. So did you link your upbringing, was that only till later or was that only this year or has this just been slow awarenesses of you reclaiming your identity from the totality of what you were trained or programmed it to be? Well, I would say that relationship really got me to start questioning my childhood. Like up until that point, I hadn't questioned anything because it didn't feel like I was allowed to. It felt like I had no permission to. Like, no, your childhood is perfect. Um, you had, you had such a blessed childhood. What are you talking about? The gaslighting, you know, like yeah. you had, you had the, it better than anybody else. Like, of course, of course. So, so that was also why I was so much, so fucking worse because, okay, I'm in this abusive relationship. It's my fault. It's not like, yeah. So I don't, for some reason I just started, uh, Thankfully, I was able to start um, looking at my upbringing yeah. and start questioning things and, and be like, okay, there's obviously some kind of subconscious programming that allowed me to accept this kind of relationship into my life. 
Mm. Let's explore that. So that started my journey and it was really hard. Like I didn't want to face that. I didn't want to have to look at the fact that maybe there was, maybe MPA wasn't all perfect. Maybe growing up in 3HO wasn't all perfect. Mm. I didn't want to have to look at that. But this relationship was so freaking, it was so bad that, um, I mean, there was also some good things too. Like everything's always, you know, there's, there's good and bad and like everything. I, I don't want to speak in ultimatums, but. Welcome to the universe. Um, it's a law of Yeah, pain. that's life. <laughs> and I also want to do a little like, uh, just, you know, comment about that. <clears throat> it felt like duality was bad. So if you're living in duality at all, like that's just bad. Um, but that's, that's fucking life. The whole damn actually. Experience. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's not shame people for like, you know, having mixed emotions about things. Let's not actually. shame people for having um, any emotions at all, actually. Yes. Yes. Let's yeah. So, um, yeah, that was really hard to start to question things and recognize that, oh, like, I'm not perfect. I'm not superior than everybody. Like, it was just the rug was being, I mean, the rug was being pulled out from under me. Mm. My whole life, my whole identity, my whole, like, perspective, you know, was being challenged. So it was actually, like, thanks to this relationship for being so shitty to make me start questioning things. Um, yeah, I mean, and then also like he did support me in my exploration too, because, yeah. so I want to, you know, also acknowledge that. It's important. It's very important. Wow. Mm -hmm. What years were this? Cause I had had a previous relationship. Um, maybe that was like 2014, okay. 15. Awesome. Um, yeah, it was, yeah. So, I mean, I had a previous relationship with like a Sikh person, but this was my first relationship with a non-Sikh person. And so like, he was actually able to reflect back to me some stuff like, Hey, that's actually doesn't make sense. Like that's kind of fucked up that you think that. <laughs> and, um, and I, I would criticize him. I was like, how dare you, you know, you don't know what you're talking about. You just normal person you you muggle like <laughs> that's terrible. you muggle oh my yeah God. and and i mean honestly priority model yeah i i really i judged him a lot mm. so um and and now i feel like so much compassion I mean, he was like very, being more authentic than I was. Truth. And I, I couldn't really handle it. So I was like I was super judgmental. Well, we learned how to be very judgmental. That, that, that was like serum. That was like mantra serum. I don't, it's so fucked up. It's just like so hypocritical yeah so really i mean now i um i mean i still feel a connection to sikhism i have that in my blood and i 
Um, I still feel like um, we're more than just physical forms. Like we are, we are ethereal beings, you know, we are stardust, we are um, energetic beings and we do affect each other. Um, we're all interconnected. Like I really truly believe in Ikonkar um, that like we're all part of this, this like energetic energy. Yeah. It's in everything and in everyone. And um, like that's, that's like the nucleus, you know, of all the teachings really not, not Yogi Bhajan's teachings. I mean, like that's really um, a core or like, what life is really and so I feel connected with that I finally feel like open and able to can like be open to other information and modalities and like like even people like I was not open to connecting with people who were not um part of 3HO because I had I had these like these walls mm. up some in my psyche and in my heart like I wasn't and I still am able to recognize it but I a lot of them have broken down and especially with my job I'm like meeting so many different people mm. I'm spending you know up to four days with like these three people traveling all over the U.S. Um, and you know hours with them so I'm like recognizing uh, it's so it's so doesn't matter like like if you're religious if you do yoga if you meditate <laughs> none of that actually is like correlated with being a good person Mm. actually <laughs> you can be a good person you can be kind and actually a lot of the kindest people and the people that have you know good morals many of them have no religious affiliation and don't practice yoga or meditate um and eat steak when they want to and even drink beer yeah <laughs> or drink cats. Yeah. Where or. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Listen to, you know, rock music. Oh my God. Oh my God. <sighs> <sighs> I feel your liberation through your um, skin. <laughs> yeah. I'm so happy. I'm so happy now. And it's just insane because, like, I mean, I know what it feels like to not be myself, to feel trapped within myself um, and to not love myself, like to the point where I'll accept somebody into my life who disrespects me on a daily basis mm. and like, like, like oversteps my boundaries on a daily basis because I'm in a, such a low place. Um, and I don't want to, you know, use the, label as like a victim because that just doesn't feel that doesn't resonate like I'm able to take ownership and recognize that okay these things happened in my life to like condition me and make me um 
kind of primed to like be in a state where that's that's the type of love that I accepted Mm. like and I um it sucks but uh yeah I don't know I'm happy where I am now and somehow that like that was part of my process so well it sounds like that relationship woke you up to really starting to question your own ideology and your own upbringing which allowed you to see yourself from a different lens which started giving you different places of inquiry like into self-esteem or why why you think or yeah. all the ways that you're operating my question is in those years from 2014 15 16 17 you're exploring it was all the way in 2020 i want to know what did it feel like to have been questioning all these things inside yourself and then suddenly hear it's public in the community this level of abuse oh i'm just like a oh oh well it purely pisses me off it really pisses me off because i feel like i've been feeling that something was wrong for a long time and it was just annoying that nobody was talking about it like um yeah, it pisses me off. It pisses me off because I, I went through a lot of pain. Like I went through a lot of suffering. And <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, maybe if people had been talking about this, I'd been like able to be authentic. Like, you know, pull the curtain back. Like maybe I would have been able to be accepted for who I was sooner. And I hate that, like, that's what has been my reality. Like, I don't want to, like, want that, you know, or need that. Like, that was also a narrative that went in my head of, like, oh, why can't you just, you know, be yourself and, like, be confident without needing other people to, like, accept you? But... I recognize that that's like part of what the conditioning was is you need to be like accepted by the group. Just, I, I really like got that when I was young. Um, yeah, so I, I just have a lot of like anger that's been coming up. Um, and also, uh, I mean, Yeah. And I know that that there's other emotions there too. It's, but that's like where I'm at. It's an important one. Um, It's relief too. Yeah. It's relief also because I'm like, okay, finally, like a part of me can like breathe now. Like, oh, okay. I don't have to feel bad about the fact that like, So, yeah. The fact that things didn't feel right. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, no, they weren't. They weren't right, actually. Like, actually, it's just a further validation that I can, that my, like, feelings and my experience is valid. Yes. Because 
for most of my life, like things didn't feel right. Yes. And I was questioning things, but that, that, that true part of me, like my conditioning was like putting that part down. And so it was just like a lot of self-shaming. So it's just further validation that, Hey, no, actually like your true self is, is super valid. And, and this whole time, like you've really, um, been onto something. <laughs> so you can just, you can just keep being yourself, honey. Like you just keep doing you, your thing. Okay. Because like, you've known this whole time that something was not right. And you like, you are on to something. So you just keep living your truth and being yourself. And uh, yes. yeah, so I'm like so grateful to finally be in this place. And it just sucks that it took me fucking 31 years to get here. I, um, but you know, beautiful. that's- Your voice is beautiful. And the anger that I feel boiling up is beautiful, like all of it, because it's so opposite of where we come from. So to feel you here, it's like I can feel the pulse of Guru Nam. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it feels good to just be able to like express. <sighs> See, cause, cause, uh, this is life. This is life. Life is messy. It's just messy. There's no way around that. That's just how it is. And it's like, there was this whole kind of community formed around, oh, well, this is how you avoid the mess. You just do all these things. Okay. And then, but no, no, there's no like, perfect meditation or exercise, you know, practice that you can do that's going to make life not messy. It's always going to be messy. Yes. There's like ways that you can, you know, maybe clean up the mess faster or like process it faster. You still need to go down into the emotions. You still need to like acknowledge and, and, and be able and be willing to like accept the mess. It's just growing up. It was like, Oh no, no, it's not messy. No, no, no. You just, just not there. You just. We have to be able to feel the mess. That's it. Feeling yeah. in the body. Because we learned, even if the mess is there, to disassociate and watch it. To not engage with it. Not to feel what's going on. And so when you said down and in the body, that's really important. Yeah. And it's interesting because in my head right now, I'm like even contradicting myself. And I know this is part of my programming where I'm saying, oh, well, Kundalini Yoga is all about like letting you, you know, go into emotion. There's like the fist of anger and like these different exercises that are supposed to help you like process your emotions. So, I mean, yeah, maybe there was, there is like positive intention behind that to yes, be in the mess and express it. But there was just all this other stuff on top of that that made it not okay to accept your mess. I recognize that's the human. Yeah, so that's actually, there was really annoying and confusing because 
there was a part in my healing process in my mid twenties where I wanted to be able to just say it was all bad. It was all bad. And I'm just moving on, but no, that's not true. That's not actually what's true. There was like a lot of good. There's a lot of good in like, um, the teachings. like <laughs> there's like a lot of good in the community in, in, there's a lot of good experiences that I had and a lot of things I'm grateful for. And so it's a matter of like, like just processing and like, and picking and choosing like what resonates and what doesn't. Um, it's, it is this, this is the mess. And like, I recognize that uh, I have to have to walk the walk. Okay. If I like, it's just, it's just, Detangling, detangling. Yeah, it's um, it's very nuanced. There's many layers. It's not, it's not black and white. And there was a lot of black and white language and thinking right. growing up. That's just not how life is. It's also not how we absorbed the the indoctrination in our bodies the body took it in very tangled and i want to point this out because a lot of what you're bringing up you're talking about like wrestling with our own sense of identity and when we're born into an environment like this we don't have self before it people that joined had self before and then after and they can have a distinct difference so if you're listening, there was an episode earlier um, by Jyoti Ma, and she covers this specifically about what it means to be born into a high demand group or a cult and the distinction between, say, cults in everyday life, which exist everywhere in our world, and what it means to grow up in a, an abusive, predatory cult. And listening to the whole episode really helps and then she gets very specific to 3HO at the end of that episode so listeners I just can't encourage it enough because a lot of what Guru Nam is bringing up is what it really means to begin to stretch ourselves out of indoctrination that to the world really aren't really big deals but in our world they're they're excruciatingly painful to explore and maybe not everybody's experience is like that maybe you had a relationship that helped you kind of explore your identity or different ways but in general finding identity outside of being born in a high demand group can be very very hard and we all need support and what i've learned since all of this came public is the complex ptsd aspect because of the amount of abuse that was taking place around us and what you brought up at the beginning of this episode, Gurunam, was what it means when your reality is being denied regularly. And we grew up in an environment where we were being told to deny our reality. And not just that, but the adults in our environment were being taught to deny their reality. So if the adults are denying reality, then the children are learning from adults who are denying their reality. It's a compounding effect on our, on our sense of self-trust, on our sense of self-worth, on our sense of self-concept, on identity, and then add to it the teachings of Kundalini Yoga 
elevate themselves as being the know-all of identity. So the complexity of that level of psychosomatic mindfuck is literally living in the nervous systems of those of us that were raised in this community, no matter whether we recognize it or not. We feel it in our bodies. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. It's confusing. Very confusing. It's not fun. Um, and it doesn't end really. Yeah. Discovery of self, of trying things, right? Of breaking out of unconscious programming that holds us back from experiencing joy and anger and ranges of ourself because we got contained into a small little operating place of what's allowed, mm. neutral. And there's not neutral in the world. There's all continuums. We need all of that to be alive and human. It's called humanity. We get to be human. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, oh my gosh. It's just been so hard to be willing to like share anything that's not like of like light, light, you know? Yes. I thought the light washing terminology that Akal Sahai came up with was so brilliant because I was like, that's so our reality. Everything got light washed where you didn't even get to feel any emotions in your own system. And the way I registered that in my body is I completely left my body and didn't know it. Yeah, I think I can relate to that. So, yeah. Whew. You had mentioned yeah. for many years of um, feeling depressed and like really heavy emotions. And do you want to share a little bit about that time and kind of like what it felt like to be in the community when you were experiencing <clears throat> emotions? Um, yeah, I mean, I, it just, I think I've like kind of mentioned it, but it was just really a lot of like self, um, shaming like I shouldn't be feeling like this and then feeling guilty for like not doing my sadhana like not meditating but I also I don't know because it's just ironic like the way that we were raised was meant to teach us discipline and NPA was meant to teach us discipline and teach us like to do these practices that would help us um but I felt resistant to doing it and then I would, yeah, just feel bad. So like, I mean, even now it's just really hard for me sometimes because I was like, not like I was forced, but like kind of I was forced. This is what you're supposed to do. Um, Hold on. I pause. If I hear what you're saying correctly, you're saying the you're taught to, to, you should do this, the discipline aspect, and yet then a part of you doesn't want to do it. And the challenge of those two, is that what you're saying? Yeah. Like, okay, if you're depressed, just do this meditation, do smiling Buddha, Kriya. <laughs> but then it's like, I don't want to do smiling Buddha, Kriya. And then, oh, no, that's just your, that's just your, like, negative mind or whatever coming up. You know, you need to, like, overcome that. And then feeling bad for, like, not being able to, 
just this fucking like shame spiral meaning instead of being offered support like let's get you a therapist or let's really address mental health issues for what they are you're just being told do a meditation and then having the internalized and external shame of not doing the meditation and therefore that's why you're feeling that way yeah that's horrible like it's it's horrible yeah i uh again felt like very alone and isolated and i i also feel for like whoever like first gen are listening to this because i know that ultimately you know there is love like i know like my uncles and aunties and my parents like do love me but it's just i didn't get an ex- a clear experience of unconditional love and it like it felt really conditional um so like I'm glad that finally we're talking about all this stuff you know so hopefully we can like get back to what's really true which is like just loving each other and supporting each other for who we are because like I think my depression has been so bad at certain times that like I'm I'm like glad I'm alive right now because like there were times where it was just so bad that I like um like didn't see light at the end of the tunnel there was like a moment where like I didn't know that it was gonna get better and I was I had a clear experience that well I don't want to like live like this anymore um and yeah so it's like really toxic and really harmful and really dangerous to like like not accept people's truth you know like I know that because I've experienced that and like I'm really (sighs) um yeah and I I recognize that it's um it was their programming too that they got like they were actually just doing the best they could yeah doesn't make it better but it is true yeah it doesn't it doesn't but I'm really hoping like I don't want you know everything to just like um you know I don't I don't want um everything to just go away because I really love a lot of people in this community and I um really love like the focus on community and that was a really beautiful thing to grow up having um like uncles and aunties around and and um I lived on this street where most of the houses were 3HO families and so I would like go outside and have kids to play with um and like have dinner at like other people's houses and and I had felt this extended community, you know, that also helped raise me. And like, we would get together for people's birthdays and different holidays. And that was really cozy and really nice. And um, like, that's something that I want in my life. But I also want it um, in a more authentic way. And so like, now that people are talking about things, maybe we can be able to relate to each other more authentically and um you know actually love each other for who we are like it's it's just gonna be better 
it's just going to be better after this, but there is like healing that needs to happen. And there's acknowledgement that needs to happen. Um, feeling, you See, know, people. Have yeah. Like there needs to be validation and like healing. And um, because it, especially, I mean, just. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a process. Um, so I just, I do have compassion and I acknowledge that the, the first gen people who like were perpetuating this and helping to create this, they had their own trauma and their own level of indoctrination. And, um, and so I did go through, you know, periods of like blaming and just feeling really angry at people. And um, I don't, I mean, for my own healing, like that's not helpful. And so I recognize, you know, having compassion for other people's journey and like where they're at um, is helpful for me to like, just feel healthier and feel um yeah feel like I can be be where I want to be in my life mm -hmm. in my emotional and mental space mm -hmm. I want to point out that within 3HO the indoctrination we got was to bypass the feeling and go right for forgiveness and go right for compassion so for anyone listening if you're feeling anger and you're feeling blame and you're feeling all the righteous emotions at whatever stage you're feeling them fuck yeah and keep feeling them because it's okay you don't have to get to the point where you feel okay although someone else on their journey might be at a different stage yeah. that might be an okay stage for them we have to respect each other to feel all the range of this as convoluted as it is yeah we feel both attached and loving to our experience and fucking angry as all hell at the same time and we have that right and i want to also point out yeah. it also yeah. doubly what makes it confusing because a part of our lifestyle was really amazing the international aspect the extended community there's all sorts of levels of what makes it so cool and within that was so much predatory abuse that it's what makes detangling abuse and gaslighting um, so challenging for those of us that, that have been abused because we love our predators. <laughs> you know, when someone you love is also the very person that has abused you, it's a very hard thing to detangle love from the predation. And we're all in that level of untanglement. That, yeah. I, I want to just mention also too, it just makes me think about like this whole Harbudgeon saying, I'm not going to call him Yogi Bhajan because that was like one of his titles. His name was Harbudgeon. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> he, I never really got it. I never understood why he was idolized. Even as a little kid, I remember like we were at Kalsi Youth Camp, um, which was the summer camp that would happen after summer solstice for all the kids. And I went there every summer. Um, and uh, uh, 
I want to also acknowledge my mom. She like was encouraged to send me to MPA early. She didn't do it. And she would come and work at Scalsi Youth Camp to be there, to be able to like see what was happening and like be, be around me. So she would like run the kitchen and she did ran like the art studio and um, she's an artist. Uh, but yeah, so I remember we would do like this presentation for Yogi Bhajan. It was at least the first few years that I was there. We would do like marching and um, Bhangra and um, maybe we did some yoga thing, like meditation together. Um, yeah, and I didn't get it. Like with all the hullabaloo about him, I felt like, oh, I should feel more. I should feel like more like something special when I'm around. <clears throat> um, something special when I'm around him. And I like didn't feel it. I didn't get it. And also there was one year where we all got in a line and we went and gave him a hug. And I didn't, I was like, oh, I should feel like, you know, warm and held. And I felt resistance. I felt him like hold, like mm. holding back. It was just kind of like, you know, you can tell. And I'm like a big hugger. Like when I hug somebody, I really like, like fully heart connect with them. And I could feel, and you can feel when somebody closes down their heart and they don't really want to connect with you when they're hugging you. And I felt that. Mm -hmm. And I was like eight or something. Um, I, yeah, I didn't get it. Wow. But I mean, also I was eight. So like I went along with stuff because that's what, what am I supposed to do as an eight year old person? We learn to perform for the love. That's what we do. Yeah, I just felt like a parrot or something. Like, I, oh my God. And even like teaching yoga. So I, I mean, I graduated in MPA as a yoga teacher. And it's like, that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to teach yoga. So I started teaching at um, Yoga West in Eugene. And I felt like a fraud. Like I felt like, I mean, I didn't really realize it at the time. But um, yeah, I was just regurgitating what I'd learned. I was just, I was just like parroting mm. from the manual, but I, it didn't feel authentic to me. And I also felt, had felt so sheltered from life. Like I didn't have any, I didn't feel like I, I really like understood also what the teachings were saying anyway. So I was just like speaking about something that I had no personal experience. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. It makes 100% sense. Yeah. So that was also part of why I was like, well, I want to go like explore outside so I can be like a better teacher. <laughs> well, to get more of a sense of who you are in the world. Here you are in the world, yeah. not not in a fabricated world. You're in a world. Yeah. And you want to feel who you are in that world, suddenly realizing you had no idea. Yeah, it's just like the psychological like mind fuck yeah. that I had. I just, there's so many layers to it. Like I do not have it figured out. Um, yeah. The layers are astounding. 
Yeah. No idea. I went through decades of exploring external, like cut my hair, wear nail polish, wear colors. Wearing pink was hard work, you know? Oh my God. Nail polish was hard, you know, cutting my hair for the first time. Like I remember this shit was so hard. But when I went through all the external stuff and I thought I had really assimilated and really gained my identity, what I found so interesting was decades later, the amount of layers of psychosexual and body shame that I thought I had figured out, I hadn't even scratched the surface of the garbage that was living in. <sighs> so I hear you fully. Yeah. 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 Oh my God. That's a whole nother thing is like, yeah, when I started having sex, that was hard. Like I felt so guilty. And uh, also got a lot of pressure to like get engaged. Um, yeah, that's that's just something I think relevant to mention. Like I was in a relationship and uh, it was someone that also grew up in the community and we were both getting pressured from our parents to get engaged because they felt like it was like inappropriate or something. No, it's actually okay to have relationships. Normal. Um, yeah. And uh, I mean, it got it just got to the point where it felt like, OK, a decision has to be made, like either you like get engaged or you have to break up. And so, I mean, I knew that, like, I want more experience in my life. Like, this is like my, you know, you're my like first partner ever. I don't want to get married. And I'm also, you know, 21, 22. Mm -hmm. Uh, so that was annoying. Like that's annoying for me to think, look back at now and just see that. Like I felt, I just felt like what I was doing was somehow wrong and bad. Like, no, it was actually totally okay to be a young adult. I mean, I waited till I was 19 mm. to start having sex, which I think is like, that's totally normal. I mean, that's totally okay. Like totally okay. But I, I felt so bad. So bad. I felt like a bad person. Like for like exploring pleasure and in a healthy space, in a healthy, loving relationship. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's a real part of being human. Yeah. Yeah. Like we deserve to feel pleasure. We deserve to enjoy. Yes, we That's do. also part of why we're here. And it doesn't have to be a secret. Yeah. That's another thing is I was like lying to my parents and like about it for months, which I feel yeah, I feel bad. I like wish that I could have been able to speak my truth and share with them more about my explorations and about, yeah, just like my relationships and, and drinking and stuff. Um, but because of just my mindset, I didn't feel like I could, I didn't feel like it was safe to share with them. I felt like they wouldn't approve and like they'd try to change it and wouldn't accept me in my process 
Sure. So I, I lied a lot and it, it led to more depression and more isolation because like other things happened, like after that relationship, other things happened that were like, I really could have used some support in, Yeah. but I didn't feel like it was safe to, to, to really speak my authentic truth. I felt like, like I had, um, yeah. I just felt like, okay, if I actually share what really just happened, I'm going to actually, I'm going to, it's going to be worse. I'm going to be blamed somehow or shamed. Like, yeah. like it was my fault that this happened. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, again, just a lot of, a lot of like isolation, like me, in my own me in a very suffering painful place like depressed alone like not feeling like i could reach out for support Mm -hmm. um and i just hope that somehow you know maybe yeah i just and maybe that's not even like what would have been the reality maybe i could have reached out and shared about some things that were happening, but like, it didn't feel like I could. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause just up until that point, I mean, when I had tried to like express my authenticity and be myself, express my authentic emotions about things, didn't feel like it was um, honored and like validated Well, in the teachings themselves, we were taught to not feel our emotions. And then as we're learning, it was a lot more around the hypocrisy, around what we're seeing and what we grew up around. So, you know, the invalidation and learning that it wasn't safe to feel, I think, really makes sense in what you're saying, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it sucked. I mean, I'm so glad to not be there anymore. Yeah, and to be exploring yourself. Um, it sounds like you're asking yourself different questions and exploring yourself in different ways. Very much. Yeah. Yeah, I am noticing, um, again, with like loving myself, I'm able to be kind to myself, which I haven't been able to up until very recently. Um, okay. Yeah, I, and... So that's another thing is like relationships. So, I mean, dating wasn't allowed really, or that was, that was the message that I got is that you're not supposed to date, which again, when I was a young adult, I'm like, well, how am I supposed to find like a person to be with? It sort of seemed like, okay, you hang out with them communally. And then like, once you get engaged, then it's appropriate and okay to go spend time alone together or maybe you like go out you know for dinner like it was just just the messages that I got about relationships were were confusing and um and I'm glad that I I'm like in a place now where I allow myself to have relationships and they're such big teachers for me um I mean I've kind of like bumbled through and not really known how to 
show up in relationships. Like it sucked to not to feel like those were there weren't open conversations like about sex, about alcohol, about relationships. And so I didn't have any context to know how to navigate those things when I was a young adult, like like out in the big wide world. Yeah. And I, I really did suffer for it. Yeah. Um, and so finally now I've, I've gained enough, um, self-love and self-respect and like communication skills to navigate those spaces. Um, yeah. And, and they're such teachers, like connecting with other people can be, um, like such an amazing experience and you, you like getting that reflection from somebody else, um, can really assist in your own like healing and your own getting to know yourself more. And, um, like there was a recent relationship I had at the end of last year and this person, um, like exhibited a lot of kindness towards themselves. And that really helped me, Mm. um, do that more for myself Mm. (laughs) like I recognize and I I that this person having this allowing myself giving myself permission to um like connect with someone and like have a relationship that may not lead to marriage like probably not and is just and that's okay yeah really like helped Yes, it's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. And that, ah! and that you can have pleasure. Ah, there's nothing wrong with that. And that we can learn from pleasure. We don't have to only learn from pain and deprivation and sacrifice. We can learn from pleasure. We can put ourselves in pleasurable environments and learn and grow and learn about our own soul through pleasure and enjoyment, not just through sacrifice and deprivation and showing our endurance and showing and proving our strength. These are noble qualities and yet they're not the totality of being human. Oh, see, thank you. And I, I also want to like, just extend that to anyone who did perpetuate these ideas like the first gen like you deserve to have pleasure you deserve to be in a place where you feel like you're loved and accepted for who you are like exactly who you are you don't have to do anything that doesn't feel right to you that doesn't feel authentic to you just because that's what everybody else is doing or just because that's what you're told or just because that's like what's expected of you or what you've always done it doesn't mean you have to keep doing it yeah. You get the fucking change. You're allowed. You're allowed to change. You're allowed to be yourself. You're allowed to like explore. You're allowed. It's okay. Yes. Even yeah. even okay, and I know it's so scary because I had to go through that. It was so freaking scary mm. to like venture out from everything that I had ever known. Yeah. It was literally the scariest thing I've ever done in my entire life. Yeah. I mean, it felt like I was dying and a part of me was dying. This, 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 like this, um, cast of who I was, Mm. you know, this like sculpture, like it, 
this this perfectly perfectly chiseled you know cast of me like the like wonderful like guru nam who's here to save the world and be be the future leader and teacher of the aquarian age and who's the face of mpa like literally put my face on the brochure one year yeah i'll like do a little tangent they we had parents day which was like a presentation at mpa they that without asking me they took a photo of me of me in like a turban with an adi shakti pin and everything they blew up my face as a backdrop it was my face yogi bhajan's face wow yes and i and then I, my face was on the brochure and i got made fun of that like oh you're the face of mba who do you think you are like so perfect but i had no anyway so um Mm. yeah it's uh i lost my train of thought but um just talking about identity and living up to you know living up to these standards yeah this whole like chiseled perfect self i mean it's okay to to like break it it's okay to not be perfect like and actually you're you're yeah it's it it literally is it can be dangerous to perpetuate that because especially if you're a parent and you're not living your authentic truth that's what you're teaching your children and that's actually dangerous because as far as like mental health wise that's that's dangerous to not allow a child to like have space to like be their authentic self yeah to discover who they are to feel shame yeah to feel shame for who they are and their own authentic emotions and expressions and what they're interested in yeah we had a call the other day and it was a several second gen on there and one of the one of them who's a older than me she's been in the community since the earliest days and she's a psychotherapist and one of the things she said was perfectionism keeps you from being accountable and that we all got trained in perfectionism and I just thought it was so powerful I was like wow when we have this cast or shield up of our protectionism it it keeps us from being allowed to be accountable from those people in our lives because we're never actually exposed in our vulnerable true selves. I was like, yeah, that's true. And I, the thing is also like, I understand that it's really scary. So, I mean, I don't, I'm not <clears throat> for all of us but just in general even to let that settle in our own systems like wow what are all the ways that we try to that we're unconsciously des- trained to be perfectionist and then how much we project that onto other people and what it meant to really grow up in an environment where as children we weren't allowed to just be children we were being perfect yogis perfect human Aquarian age, you know, like that, this is cult 101 stuff. This isn't unique to our community. And yet it is unique to our community in the way we hold it. Um, yeah, that's really valid because 
um it's like all i wanted was like just to be normal i didn't want to have to have this this weight of the world this pressure of like saving other people i didn't want to have that on my shoulders i wanted to be able to just enjoy my life and actually i'm realizing like that's and i still do feel a desire to make a positive impact in the world i do feel like that's part of like why i'm here um you know, to help elevate like the energy of this planet. Um, but I also recognize like, it's not limited. Um, I'm not limited anymore to like the way that I was taught growing up, like to do that. I feel very open to like other modalities and other practices and, and just connecting to my own like truth that comes through. Right. Um, But uh... your truth in all of its expressions is so beautiful. And I just want to thank you for sharing us a glimpse into you today. Yeah, thank you. Um, it's a process. So Indeed it is. Do you have anything more on your heart that you feel like you want to make sure you share in our episode today? Um, I mean, like, just gosh. Uh, thank you for having this space. And um, I really hope people keep talking and sharing because, like, it's it's really okay for people to like speak their truth and it's okay for people to be themselves even if it feels like it's not and I just um like I had such a hard time and so I just really hope that anybody who is having a hard time recognizes like there are people out there in the world who are good kind people who will love and accept you for who you are And like, no matter what you have gone through, no matter what has happened to you, no matter what you have done, you still are deserving of being loved and you're still like worthy. So true. Like it's, you're never too far gone. You're never, you're never like too damaged or tainted or whatever. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that making choices, even though they're different choices than the way that we might have been taught growing up, doesn't make you wrong or bad. And the shame oh. feels when doing that is because we all are holding a lot of shame that doesn't belong to us. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I'm also able to just recognize like this is kind of part of this is like a, like a small snapshot of also just what has happened to other people. Like there's other people, you're not alone. Yes. Like my experience is my experience, but I, I'm also not alone in like these feelings. There's other people that have had, that have these same emotions from other experiences, from other like limiting experiences. So um, I'm able to see that this is like, there are, like my own healing is, is 
and claiming of my authenticity is helpful and I'm not alone in that process. And it's, it's safe to express and be authentic. Yes. And there's a lot of support here for you. If you need to reach out to a brother or sister, one of us, go ahead and reach out, but also know that there's support in all of these areas. So please get the therapy and the support that's, that's needed. If you were born in the community, there is um, therapy that's being sponsored by uh, 3HO, not nearly enough. But if you're hearing this and you're a second gen or anybody that was born in the community in any capacity, um, make sure you're getting some support. Yeah. Yeah, I just feel for like everybody who's like maybe just now questioning things because I reckon, I know how hard it was for me to kind of like over the years since I got back from MPA over the last, you know, um, 13 years go through my gradual process um, of literally questioning everything I'd ever known. Like that is the most terrifying thing you could ever do. Many people don't do that. Many people, you know, they just stay in their ways because it's too scary. Right. It's too terrifying. Absolutely true. To do do anything different than what you what you've always done. Absolutely. Like, so I get it. It's really scary. Um, but like there, I don't know. Just there. If you've seen like Shawshank Redemption, there was that one guy. He was in prison for most of his life and then he got out he finally had freedom but he couldn't handle it and so he hung himself yeah because it was like too scary so like I like it's really scary and so it's also okay if like you're not there like like don't do anything that's like feels inauthentic yeah absolutely so absolutely Cause I know there's a lot of anger that's like going towards people who are, you know, still kind of maybe perpetuating a lot of this stuff or. Or denying that anything is happening at all. Right. Yeah. And it's like, maybe that's the best they can do right now. Sure. I mean, if we can get to the place where people can hold them there, that's fairly fine. You know, what we have to do, I think is hold our survivors and hold each other that are choosing to look at this material that are choosing to listen. We need to hold each other here. Let them handle that, that are choosing not to look at all. Hold you that are looking. And we know that unraveling your whole sense of identity, what you were always doing for the last 40 years or what you've done your whole life for those of you like us, it's hard shit. And we see And we love you here and there is support and any stage you need to stop is okay. Don't feel ashamed. Yeah. Yes. Wow. 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 I just can't agree with you more. Guru Nam. I mean, I've spent since, you know, my twenties unraveling layers of, of indoctrination and hypocrisy and doing stages of things. I can't even imagine the gravity or the brevity of all of it at once. And, and yet we know there's lots of people cracking open. And so we hold you compassionately. We invite you to share your story. If that feels good for you, sometimes it helps to get a lens. And we definitely invite you to listen to these stories of others and to share it with someone else that, you know, in our community, 
or that practices kundalini yoga to hear these stories of real people from our communities with real experiences. Um, and feel free also to um, check out this podcast on all podcasting platforms on Apple and all the above. So just search Uncomfortable Conversations podcast, the untold stories of the 3HO Kundalini Yoga community. You can also donate to this broadcast at gurunishan.com forward slash uncomfortable conversations and um, support this work. Before ending our episode, I would love to hear about why you chose the song you've chosen. Yeah, I mean, based on the prompt, like choosing something that kind of describes my story, um, <clears throat> I felt like some of the lyrics for this song were relevant. And then also I love electronic music. Um, and so this is like a band that I listen to um, like back in college, but I still listen to them now. So that's why. All right. Well, let's hear it. Um, introduce the name of it for us. Um, it's Cruella. Oh, it's called Human. Yeah. Human by Cruella. And here we go. They say pain is an illusion. And for uh, for copyright reasons, reasons we don't play the whole song, but you can listen to the entire song at the uh, Spotify playlist for Uncomfortable Conversations. So um, take a look at the link. It is in the bio of the podcast. And listen to the full song because they are all very worthy and related back experience. I want to thank you, Gurunam, for being here and sharing yourself so authentically with us. Yeah. You're welcome. You're welcome. It's so great. <laughs> and I know there's so much more to discover. And as you discover yourself, um, we get to witness and learn. And, and thank you for letting us have a glimpse of you here and in your process. Uh, because it is a never-ending complex web. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, this in another episode of the Uncomfortable Conversations podcast, the untold stories of the 3HO Kundalini Yoga community. Once again, if you'd like to contribute to this broadcast, you can make a one-time or monthly donation at gurunishan.com forward slash uncomfortable conversations. If you'd like to be a guest on the podcast, please send me an email at gn at gurunishan.com. You can subscribe and follow my work at my website as well. Thank you so much again for tuning in. Please share this podcast broadcast with others that you know within our community and otherwise. And we'll talk to you on the next episode. <laughs>